Hello and welcome back to Film Festival Reviews. This is Christina Kotlar and I have just gotten home from a perfect 4th of July celebration. What better way to celebrate Independence Day than getting together with friends for some independent films and fireworks? I love fireworks just about as much as I love film festivals and this one isn't exactly uh, rather technically a film festival but it was a summer series presented by rooftop films along with solar one for today's event called fun with the founding fathers and this was at 23rd and down by the river so we were under the FDR drive the weather forecast was thunderstorms and we did see some lightning in the distance but the short rain actually cooled the air and this afternoon's oppressive humidity just lifted you know the dampened spirits and we partied for a couple of hours before the shows so uh, Chris Cavanaugh co-president of Cinewomen New York and I took advantage of the moment and over a Brooklyn Lager, one of the sponsors of this event, we chatted about Cinewomen's film series and um, how to go about finding venues other than top tier film festivals. Some of them really have that festival feel. You know, they use their theaters and uh, the venues and trying to get uh, things together and today's film festival reviews program carries on with the festivities so we'll get to hear the fireworks at the end enjoy the show we're here just underneath uh, the FDR drive waiting for the fireworks to go off in, in a couple of hours so there's a lot of great music going on and uh, we've got some of our friends here for the 4th of July celebration and I'm here with Chris Kavanaugh, co-president of Cinewomen of yep. New York City, and had some great screenings going on uh, the last couple of months from Cinewomen downtown New York. Absolutely. Now, we've, we've had some phenomenal screenings going on. Uh, we run a screening series that uh, is monthly. It is the only screening series of its kind in New York City that features films that have either been directed, written, shot by, or edited by women. Uh, runs the fourth Tuesday every month uh, down at the Pioneer Theater. And uh, last month, our theme was human rights. N uh, this month, which is July, the theme is women who make music videos. That sounds great. Yeah, it's, uh, we also have a guest curator, a woman named Kelly Schindler is going to be uh, guest curating. So these are the women that choose the films. They're like festival programmers when it comes to a film festival. Exactly, and sometimes when we run a specialized program like this that is about music, that will bring in someone who, that, that's her background, this is what she does. And uh, she knows the people, she knows the film, she knows the artists, and it's going to be a pretty amazing night. Bus Magazine is partnering with us once again. They partnered with us a couple of months ago when we sponsored a screening of the notorious Betty Page, courtesy of Picture House, and Bus Magazine was our partner on that. They're going to be our partner this month also, so uh, they're going to be doing a lot of publicity for the screening, and also everyone who attends gets a free copy of Bus Magazine. Now, the Notorious Betty Page, that got a lot of buzz the last couple of months. Uh, it was playing all over town. How does that work? You know, because that's an independent film, mm -hmm. and it probably started, did it start off in film festivals? No, no, actually, uh, Mary Heron, who co-wrote it, and uh, she was the director, she had made the Andy Warhol film, not the Andy Warhol film, but the uh, 
Oh my god, I can't remember the film title now. It was the one with Lily Taylor where she played the woman who uh, shot Andy. I shot him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what could be the title of the film about the woman who shot Andy Warhol? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> she made I Shot Andy Warhol, and this is a project that actually she had been working on for quite a few years, the notorious Betty Page, and uh, had written the script, co-written the script, and co-wrote it again because she wanted to strike a correct tone, and she didn't exactly want to do a biopic. She wound up getting some very nice support from the folks at HBO, and uh, the film was distributed by Picture House, but it was also uh, produced by Killer Films same people that did Boys Don't Cry. So one of the reasons that we were very keen on screening it, it's one of the very few films that it was about a woman, but it was also directed by a woman, co-written by two women, and it was also produced by a woman. So it had pretty much a, a, an all-woman, both above the line and below the line, which is actually, unfortunately, fairly unusual. You know, most people that do this independent films, they think that they have to get the film into the big film festivals, the, the top tier film festivals, and if they don't do that, then they're not successful. And I remember we were talking to somebody about that, a new filmmaker saying, well, that's what she's aspiring to, and that's the only way to go. I think right now the distribution is in such a flux that no one knows really what the right way to go is anymore. It used to be a number of years ago that you would take your film out to a Sundance or a Toronto or well, I mean, if you had a lot of money, something like a con, and you build a buzz, and that eventually someone would see it, buy it, distribute dis distribute it. And that really isn't the model anymore. In fact, um, most of the major players who were at Sundance had seen all the films before they got to Sundance. So everyone knew who was going to be bought, who wasn't going to be bought before the film festival. So I think there's kind of this myth around film festivals that I don't know if it's exactly viable right now as far as the distribution medium for people. So, or, or it's not a formula anymore the way that But you know what, it really, it really hasn't been. Well, it, it's interesting because there's, there's only been a few films that have actually come out of film festivals that they've hit so big that they've created this kind of folklore among the film festivals. Of course, one of the first ones was Sex, Lies, and Videotape which I believe was in mid to late 80s out of Sundance and really sealed uh, Steven Soderbergh's reputation. But by and large, there aren't a lot of big films that do come out of the film festivals. They're smaller films, they get smaller distribution, which is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that filmmakers who kind of hook their dreams to the film festival making it for them, I think more often than not, it can be a disappointment. I mean, it's really fun to go to the film festival. It's really fun to have your film in a film festival. Um, it's wonderful to be there and have all these people that love movies and go for the Q&As and feel a part of this community. But as far as the business end of it goes, I think that a lot of people get a little bit disappointed. But when we see some of the screenings that go on, it, it does have a film festival feel. The Cinewomen? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it does. And a lot of that comes because of the type of films that are chosen. The screening committee does an amazing job. We've got some really great programmers who all have their kind of niche as to the different kind of films that they like, but they've got a rich history in programming and film history. And they really do choose, it, it's not just because it's a woman's film or women-made film that it's automatically going to get up there on the screen. It does 
snap and it also has to be a good film and they try to choose things that are a little interesting a little on the edge sometimes and sometimes they're more mainstream but yeah no they, they look for the same kind of criteria for films that you'd find at a larger film festival so it's not just because oh i'm a woman i've made a film that you automatically get in it's actually there's they have to go through some pretty tough criteria to get in. This August, though, we're going to be running a special program with Women Make Movies. December, it's the holidays, so, so we don't show then. But yeah, it's, it's all year round. What's been suggested to us, and we did a test program last year, is uh, to do the best of and do a traveling series with some of the film festivals. So it's a program we're thinking about putting together. The film festival that we went to last year with this package kind of from Cinewomen, it sold out. It was very popular. And, uh, so Where was that shown? It was at the uh, Rehoboth Beach Film Festival, and we were very well received, and there was a definite audience for us. So it was kind of a test, and we were, I guess, a little surprised, but it worked, sold out, and so we're like, why not? And so we're talking to some people about some sponsorship and uh, some film festivals, and we'd like to make that happen. That sounds like this would be a perfect sidebar. Exactly, exactly. That goes along with it, and, and these are the type of programs that round things out and that other filmmakers love to go see. Yeah, yeah, and you know, we, we do it so it would be easy for the film festivals that we put into their programs. So uh, we feel it's very important that women filmmakers get this kind of exposure. Uh, most people don't realize it's still very, very difficult for women to get their films seen. Uh, most people. Actually, a lot of people aren't familiar with the celluloid ceiling study that's done out of San Diego every year. And uh, the last figures, it's uh, Professor Lau's in there. She studies the top 250 grossing films. So, so they're not so much independent films; they're more Hollywood films. But unfortunately, or fortunately, in this industry, money does talk. So she does analyze the top 250 grossing films as to are women employed in them, and not as actors, but behind the scenes. And for 2004, less than 5% were directed by women. So the playing field is not level yet. I have to tell you the truth. I would love it if there wasn't a need for a group like Cine Women. But when you're talking less than 5% of the top 250 grossing films where money walks, money talks, women need to be in there. So women still need a lot of support to get their films made and get their films seen. I know that you support other film festivals. Were you involved with the Woodstock Film Festival? Yeah, I, well, I... Um, I'm from up in that area, and I was living out of the country for a while, came back, and uh, just uh, wound up doing first some volunteer work for them, and then wound up working on publicity and marketing for them for 2004, and I had such a blast, and let me tell you, I would love to be doing that full time. It's actually an important festival in that people who can actually make decisions or people who have influence go to the film festival, and that it's close enough to New York that it's easy to get to. The accommodations are usually... Uh, quite nice up there. It's a very picturesque town. It's a very friendly film festival. I mean, you can be sitting next to Bob Burney who heads up Picture House Films or Fisher Stevens at Green Street. He's on the board or, you know, any of these types of people. And they're just right there. They'll talk to you. It's not as, it's not as big and it's not as intimidating and it's not as separate as something like a Sundance or a Toronto. Everyone's just hanging out on Main Street. Maybe one year they'll get it, the cell phones work up there. Here's a little secret for anyone that does come up there. The uh, cell phones do work on the sidewalk in front of the bakery on Main Street. So for some reason, there's a little pocket right there, so. Okay. Well,
Well, thanks so much for hanging out here with me. We're having um, a couple of beers here, waiting for the fireworks. I come here, well, I haven't been here in a while, but I used to come here and just stand on the FDR drive. I see the crowd is starting to move, and, there, and we're having a great space here, and we're going to see some great movies tonight. Yeah, we're actually here at, at a rooftop films event, and they're going to have a band in a few minutes. We're going to see the fireworks, and then they're going to have political shorts, which is kind of apropos on July 4th. I think it is for independent film. Independence Day. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm glad we're laughing instead of groaning right now. I know. It rained a little bit before, but it's blue sky and oh, it's, uh, it's beautiful out. It's going to be a nice beautiful. night and we're going to have some, uh, some great fireworks tonight. So uh, let's head back there. All right. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Okay. Okay. So Rooftop Films has this uh, summer series going on and they have this calendar and all kinds of venues uh, going from Brooklyn, uh, Tribeca, and East Village, Manhattan, Pier 63, Maritime, Chelsea, Manhattan, and Solar One, which is uh, Stuyvesant Cove Park, Gramercy, Manhattan. And uh, there are a couple of things that I saw uh, that happened in June. A friend of mine, Todd Rohall, uh, Guatemalan Handshake. I still have not been able to get to see it because our paths are crisscrossing. When I'm down in DC, he's up here. When I'm up here, he's down showing it in Baltimore. So it happened, I was at Silver Docks when he had the New York premiere here at the rooftop. That was on June 16th. Another film that I did see that I, I liked very much, I think it's coming up, Plagues and Pleasures on the Salton Sea. And that's a uh, environmental film narrated by John Waters. And it, it's very interesting. I do recommend that one. What another thing that I noted now? Oh, uh, rural, rural. That is hard to say. Rural Root, Rural Root Film Festival. Also in Brooklyn. It's July 7th, and this film festival highlights works that deal with rural people and places. It tours around the country. I think this is a shorts program that's playing at rooftop, but they're also at the anthology film archives. And there are a couple of films that uh, I had seen in some of the film festivals, so they've got a pretty good lineup there. So uh, this uh, show is not going to be as long as the other ones because, uh, you know, it's a holiday here and we're celebrating Independence Day. And also it's my father's birthday, so that's a great birthday to have around here. You always get the day off and you always get fireworks. And on that note, uh, we'll just... Uh, play a little something that uh, I find really puts me into the mood for Independence Day because I am an independent filmmaker and I love independent film and uh, we'll just hear the rest of the fireworks going on so next week I will have something new going on and um, we'll see you then thanks for listening Moving across now. 